indeed there are more questions than answers like is it really necessary for the first square of a roll of toilet paper to be glued down hi america hello well that is true you fiddle away don't you you can never get it always comes up why is it glued down why do we need that that's surely a waste of glue as well you could save the toilet roll industry millions just by removing the glue it's not glue it's saliva it's saliva someone in a factory somewhere, is literally licking that flat like an envelope. Yep. Perfect. I shall enjoy my next visit to the restroom. <laughs> wow. Why do they have frosted glass on aeroplane toilet windows while we're on the subject? Who's going to look through there at 30,000? Oh, well, <laughs> Superman must have better things to do. Wonder Woman. Than watching me lay cable in an aeroplane. That's ridiculous. Not Why really. would you do that? Unless it's that episode of The Twilight Zone with William Shatner and it's looking through the window at you. That would make you go, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would force things along a little bit. Wow. My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show. More questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you. To bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests. Somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each week, we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listens to before she goes to bed, picks and pulls on her unconscious mind. It's the very tune in which she snores. Let's have a listen tonight. <laughs> Everybody dance now. Or jingle bells. Wow, you're still going. <laughs> but we had jingle bells last week. We have it every week. You want jingle bells? Every night, my mother listens to jingle bells yeah. before she goes to bed. Yeah. It's stimulus and response. She could be out in the shopping mall now, and if she has jingle bells, she falls asleep like narcolepsy. Yeah. She's out like Pavlov's a light. dog. That's right. She wakes up 20 minutes later in London. They've stolen her purse. Her watch is missing, and they've taken her trainers. This can happen, so snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting, or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and or value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, 
I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, so let me introduce my guest. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She is also our producer and sound engineer. Heather sneezed and farted at the same time this week and her body took a screenshot. Wow. How was that for you? Did you get a decent picture? Do I need to chuck another sour ball at you? Yes. In the Not For Your Mother section last week, and it is worth going onto our Patreon site and spending a dollar. <laughs> Miss Morris threw candy across the studio. Did you used to pitch for the LA Dodgers or something? Yes. You did? Wow. Mm. Flew across the room, hit me straight in the eye. In the right eye. eye. Just straight in there. Best I've been day blinded ever. all week. I've had tunnel vision. Can't even do my shirt up. Depth vision perception ruined. You have a patch on one eye. I now drive like everybody else in Minnesota. Oh. 100% true. Of course, with age comes new skills. You can laugh, cough, sneeze, and pee all at the same time. So nice. you can now multitask. Oh. I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy Michelle Corey. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle realized this week that her extra sensitive toothpaste doesn't like it when she uses other toothpastes. <laughs> Welcome Aww. to the show, Michelle. Thank you. If dentists make money off people with bad teeth, why should we trust a toothpaste that nine out of ten dentists recommend? <laughs> What's wrong with the tenth one? That's right, they've got <laughs> no teeth. Wow, they're the kind of teeth that druids would worship around during the summer <laughs> solstice. Also joining us tonight via modern technology somewhere in the world, and we'll find out where, is team leader of the International Paranormal Society, normally based in Superior, Scott Kenner. Scott painted a banner for his annual family picnic, but his dad thought celebrating 100 years of undiagnosed mental illness was inappropriate. Welcome to the show, Scott. How are you, sir? I am well, sir. Thank you for having me. Whereabouts in the world are you? Every time we call you and every time you're on the show, you're always somewhere Fun. extravagant, somewhere exotic, hot. You're Warm. sipping cocktails uh. on the beach. Whereabouts in the world are you tonight? Uh, it's a rough uh, I'm out on the East Coast. I'm in the state of Virginia tonight. Is, oh, it, wow. is it warm there? How's the weather in Virginia? Uh, similar to what's there. It's about, it was about 35 degrees. Today okay. And... I was uh, worried you were actually getting some warm weather. Virginia, of course, <laughs> named after the Virgin Queen. Queen, Vic Queen Elizabeth, the Virgin Queen, of course. I'm sure... Uh, I know for a fact Queen Victoria wasn't a Virgin Queen. No. She knocked out 700 kids, by yep. all accounts, and had quite a thing going there with Prince Albert. What are you doing in Virginia? Do you have investigations down there? What are your plans for paranormal investigating? Uh, I'm help, helping out the friend, a friend of the family by investigating their house. I did that a couple of days ago, and then I'm doing a brewery this Sunday in this area. So Ooh. you've managed to organize yourself to investigate in a brewery. It's not going to go well. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's going to go really well. <laughs> On a similar tact, I did actually get to investigate a couple of times at a strip bar at a kind of pole dancing venue. 
So uh, there was a lot of orbs. But yes, it was uh, the the women were scared to dance there. It was a place called Sheik's, and it was in Minneapolis. And I have, similar to Scott's brewery experiences, had to. It's amazing how many people volunteered to investigate a dance club, an exotic dancing venue. Incredible. You can't get anyone to investigate a disused cargo freighter <laughs> or an abandoned factory, but say you're going to go to a, an exotic dancing club and suddenly they're lined up with their K2 meters in their hand. you see what I'm saying there? Unbelievable. Well, that's why I got into the business. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> and that's also why you're wearing glasses. There we go. Wow. <laughs> None of my relatives suffer from mental illness, by the way. They all seem to enjoy it. Ah. They are mad, they are bad, and they are paranormal. This is Season 3, Episode 82. It would be a miss of me, not to mention, at this very juncture, because we're fastly approaching the first round that is a lack of general knowledge, we have a listening party currently taking place, as I live and breathe, as I speak, taking place on Facebook. If you go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, at this very second, you have time to join that site, and you can play along with everybody else there's everyone on there swapping jokes swapping cartoons playing along trying to get the answers right to the questions i'm about to read out there's lots of fun jivality friendships rudeness lewdness and many other things but we've not been closed down yet Gift so wars. i suspect facebook hasn't yet found us but we have a listening party we have five to six hundred comments every show so if you go to more questions and answers with adrian lee you can play along with everyone else and as convention now dictates we have the electric toothbrush martin sponsored gong of infinite knowledge with the gingivitis of facts and the dental floss of statistics stand back ladies and gentlemen <gasps> martin! that singles in the first round on this day we celebrate the birthday of beverly D'Angelo, the long-suffering wife of Chevy Chase, a mother of the National Lampoon's Vacation Series, born today in Columbus, Ohio. I will throw some points out there straight away just to get things going, just to grease the wheels of the MQTA quiz. I'm going to ask you how old she is today, Miss Morris. Closest one will win the points. How old do you think, Beverly? 62. D'Angelo, you are going to plump for a nice 62. Yeah. You don't want to change your mind? Nope. Spread your chips over a decade? Mm -mm. Move that around? Nope. You are going with 62. Michelle, the slippery beast for you to decide is to go higher or lower. You are going higher. How old is Beverly D'Angelo? 70. You are going to go with 70. Scott, you have an opportunity to grip the first points of the evening. Squirly by the throat. How old is Beverly D'Angelo, the mother from the National Vacation Series? 62. You are going to go the same as Miss Morris. Michelle has won the first points of the evening. She is, in fact, 68 years old today. So, a happy birthday to her. I'm sure she's celebrating in our hometown in Ohio. So, for the very first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that strange, bizarre, and fascinating facts about the National Lampoon's vacation film. Feeling confident, Miss Morris? Always. You love these films, don't you? I love them. Trip to Wallyville. <laughs> yep. You confident, Michelle? I am. I have to tell you, the Christmas special, which plays constantly on a loop over the Christmas period on one of the channels on the TV. And you watch all of them. I hadn't seen that film. I don't know why. Perhaps in Britain, we don't get Saturday Night Live back in the day. You know, I wasn't familiar with the John Belushi's and the John Candy's, the Chevy Chase's, the Dan Aykroyd's, other than in the films, of course, and I was too young to go and watch those films. But I had never seen, until I arrived in this country, 
the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And there's a scene in that film that makes me laugh to the soles of my feet, to the point where a small amount of we may come out. Every time it gets me, it makes me laugh every time I see it. Any guesses, any thoughts as to what that may be? Yes, it's when the squirrel attaches itself to the Chevy Chase's back and runs <laughs> up the love stairs. Chevy Chase awesome. running up the stairs with the squirrel <laughs> on his back and everyone else screaming. <laughs> Even now is making me laugh. That's just a joy, isn't it? Yes. I never grow tired of seeing that. Do you know there's things you can just see over and over again? Yep. There's music you play and you play it and you never get bored of it. That would be that scene. It's making me laugh from ear to ear like a maniacal joker as we speak. <laughs> So, the National Lampoon's vacation film destroyed the sales of what item when it was released. The sales of this item plummeted on the back of the first National Lampoon's film, Miss Morris, and it was sales of... The panel station wagon. The pea green Ford. It was based on a Ford. I believe it was a Ford Trident, maybe. I can't remember. You're saying that sales in station wagons fell through the floor on the back of that film yes they did make you look ugly with the eight lights at the front didn't they a family trickster i think i would totally drive that right now you would (laughs) i think i saw someone in town driving something similar with a christmas tree on the roof i do think i saw that that is possible michelle is there anything you'd like to add is there anything you think may have been ruined in terms of sales by that film and you said it's a first vacation not christmas we are solely working now on the first film the uh, trip to wally world this is the film we're working on right now Anything from there? Or are you going to copy Miss Morris's answer, do you think? I think it's tent rentals. <laughs> tent rentals plummeted. No one was doing road trips. Do you know the original book that was based on was taken from Rusty's point of view? And when Brinkley pulled up in the Ferrari, she was meant to be flirting with Rusty. And they changed the film oh. to, uh, I believe it was Hughes. John Hughes, perhaps, was uh, right. wanted to get that pushed through. And Ramis said, we're going to do this from Chevy Chase's perspective. But the book, the original road trip book, was all from Rusty's perspective. You leave this show huh. with more than you arrive with. Scott, is there anything you can think of you'd like to add to this that you think may have been ruined in terms of sales by the first National Lampoon's Vacation film? Bologna sandwiches. Bologna sandwiches. <laughs> I do like the dance he's making when he's got the sandwich there. And then they realise the dog's had a good old wee on them, hasn't he? And Aunt Edna tucks in anyway. Yep, that's right. So good for her. Miss Morris is 100% correct. Sales in station wagons plummeted. They never recovered. And if you recall, they were then replaced by minivans and SUVs. But yes, yeah. that film destroyed the station wagon industry. That's remarkable. Huh isn't it? Remember, though, your last car journey is always a station wagon. Yeah, uh-huh. have a think about that, uh-huh. right? Yeah, you see where we are there? Jack Jack Perfect. No points for stimulus and response, but lots of fun <laughs> anyway. 14-year-old rusty actor Anthony Michael Hall was caught doing what on the set and then removed? What was he doing on the set of that first film as a 14 year old boy you can see him now can't you mm-hmm. with his braces and his orange hair yeah drinking beer next to his dad he was smoking pot desert. you are saying 14 year old actor anthony michael Hall was removed from the set for smoking pot back in the day michelle what do you think he was removed for stealing he was stealing anything in particular the station wagon he was driving around <laughs> 
He was pulling donuts in the car park smoking of the weed. studio and smoking weed. Perfect. Scott, what do you think the actor Rusty was removed from the set for? Peeping into Christy Brinkley's trailer. I'm going to give you some points. Ooh. As much as Miss Morris laughs, and you do get a nice, rounded, swollen, olive oil bathed two points. It was actually, he was sneaking a look at the Beverly D'Angelo shower scene. And uh, he shouldn't have been there. And he was subsequently yanked off Ooh. the set by the producer, who said he shouldn't be there. So he was trying to sneak <laughs> a look at a naked Beverly D'Angelo, wow. who we've also discovered. Yeah. It's her birthday, of course. A happy birthday to her. I like to take a hot shower. That's a normal shower, but with me in it. Drink. A lot. Why did Dana Barron, who played Audrey Griswold, need medical attention at the end of that first film? She needed some medical attention when filming at the end of the film. I just need you to tell me why. She got sick and fainted from one of the rides. She got sick and she fainted from one of the rides. Michelle, why do you think she needed medical attention at the end of the film? She got injured somehow at Wally World. She got injured at Wally World. Scott, why do you think she needed medical attention? She fell off a ride. I'm going to give Miss Morris and I'm going to give Scott a couple of points. You're now both up. (gasps) to a tie-breaking hedonistic let's go to the sporting goods store for they had to film the roller coaster ride sequence so many times she became distressed and ill and uh-huh. she had to be given repeated doses of dramamine so there you go do you know in the original book it didn't end up in wally world they actually went it's meant to be walt disney right yeah, yeah. they actually went to walt disney's house in the book and uh, the chevy chase character shot him in the leg <gasps> And forced Walt Disney and all his <laughs> family to sing and jump around and entertain them. And when they did the original screenings of the film, they thought it probably wasn't a good idea to end a film with a house breaking and him shooting the Walt Disney character in the leg. So they then changed the end of the film, brought in John Candy, and everybody was happy. On this very day, in 1904, King Camp Gillette of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, is Fond du Lac close to you, Scott? Where's Fond du Lac in Wisconsin? Is that north, south, east? Where's that to you? It's southeast of me. It's down by uh, Oshkosh. How far is that? Is that sort of in the middle? No. About five hours. No, it's over It's over towards uh, Lake Michigan. Oh, okay. I know where you are. So on this very day, 1904, King, what a great name, King Camp, your middle name's Camp, King Camp Gillette of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, invented what? What did he invent today? He actually patented this today for the exact uh, facts, if you wish to have the facts. This was registered and patented today in 1904. Miss Morris, just jump in, grab yourself some points. What did he invent today in Wisconsin? In Wisconsin? Yes. A cheese curd. He invented cheese curds, despite the fact they've been around since the dawn of time and are probably mentioned in the Bible. (laughs) You are going to go with cheese. Garlic cheese curd. Garlic cheese. So he's been over to the Mediterranean, brought back a cheese curd. Garlic curds common? Yes, and I love them. Keep the vampires <laughs> from your door. Yeah, bring me some next time, Scott. There you go. Demands placed upon you there for... Garlic cheese curds. curds. <laughs> Michelle, what did he invent today? The electric razor. The electric razor. Scott, any idea what King Camp Gillette invented in Fond du Lac in 1904 on this very day? 
a process for uh, making beer quicker. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Miss Morris is going to jump in and grab the points at the very last minute, at the last shaking, the last knocking. She did electric razor. Okay. I'm going to go with the disposable head razor. Well, I'd feel bad if I was you, Michelle, because Heather is just grumming at the last nice. minute. Taking Thanks, all Heather. the glory. <laughs> yes, his name was Gillette. King Camp Gillette. He invented the disposable safety razor oh, on this very day. Thank you. In 1904. <laughs> Are we? Are we? Do you think you're going to get some points on the theme of shaving? <laughs> no, it's no shave November. November. I understand that. <laughs> you look like a couple of monkeys sat there. Look at you both. Yeah. Wow, Michelle running. I could smell burning. It was terrible. Terrible. So, for the first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that bizarre, strange, and fascinating facts about facial hair and shaving—things you'd never ever thought you'd say on the radio. To win some quick points, and I'm giving them away here like confetti, did Mr. Gillette have A, a moustache, B, a full beard, C, a goatee, or D, was clean shaven? What are you going to go with, Morris? There's a nice picture of him on Wikipedia if you wish to look him up. You are saying you are going to go for B. He had a full beard. Jess. Mr. Gillette had a full beard. That would be irony, wouldn't it? It would be. That would be ironic. Michelle... What are you going to plump with? Goatee. You're going to go with C, the goatee. There you go. Scott, what are you thinking Mr. Gillette had for facial or lack of facial hair? Was mustache one of the... It was. That was A. Scott has won himself. (gasps) A tash. A gloriously hairy, I can't believe I've got biscuit crumbs in it, (laughs) moustache. He was sporting a very nice, kind of Edwardian looking moustache. Wow. I hate it when I offer someone a sincere compliment on their moustache and suddenly she's not your friend anymore. It's outrageous. Terrible. Do you know the percentage of men actually offering compliments to other men about their moustaches and beards is actually greater than a woman complimenting a man on his Uh. beard. And moustache, it's for other men to kind of have a bonding moment and say, hey, nice beard. Ooh, I must ask you a question. Yeah. No. What you can't see for the benefit of the radio is that Michelle then did an impression of a hand puppet. So uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously yeah. the medium of radio is very beneficial, isn't it, for visual um, comedy? Yeah. Why did Alexander the Great force his army to shave in 331 BC? Alexander the Great, Macedonian, he ordered his army to shave in 331 BC. I need you to tell me why. He ordered them to shave because he didn't think anybody would attack men that look like kids. Men that look like kids. Or women, in fact. Having said that, I've been to Macedonia. Or women that look like men, yeah. This is true, yes. I actually flew on Macedonian Airlines once, and it was no lie to say that there was chickens flying around. There was people standing up like it was a bus. So there was actually people standing on the aeroplane. They didn't have seats. It was like a bus trip. And all of the stewardesses had bigger muscles and greater tattoos <laughs> than me. And they all had their mother's beards. Mm. I wasn't sad by this. They were upset. I thought if there was an accident, if we needed to get off the plane quickly, they'd basically pick me up and throw me out the door, right? Yeah. So all's good in the world. Miss Corrie, why did Alexander the Great force his army to shave in 331 BC? It was some sort of ritual sacrifice. You're going to go for a ritual shaving. Henry Moore, when he was about to be beheaded by Henry VIII, managed to get his beard out from underneath of his... As he was on the chopping block, about to have his head cut off, 
he actually moved his beard out and said the beard hasn't done anything wrong. He didn't oh. want his beard cut. He said the, the beard hasn't insulted the king. <laughs> so he made sure his beard wasn't going to get cut in half by the chopping block. And he pulled it out in front of him. So when the blade came down, his beard wouldn't be cut. Scott, why did Alexander the Great force his army to shave? I'm torn between a lice infestation and their helmets would fit better. Either way doesn't work because they're both <laughs> wrong. You tried to grow a beard recently for your Halloween yeah. costume, is that correct? Yes, I did. How did you get on with that? Was that something you uh, enjoyed doing? I mean, have you ever had a beard before? No, I've never had a beard before. And I hated it, and it was uh, it was gone the day after Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so now our listeners are interested as to what kind of Halloween costume you're putting together there that involves you growing a beard. Well, I went uh, I went as a hipster. I tried to pull off the old hipster look, but I was told it was more of the gay lumberjack look. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've had lumberjack, you don't go back. I got Monty Python in Explain my head. Explain <laughs> well, Monty Python was sung on many occasions. Give me, give me the full visual of what you think a hipster looks like. What did you then, you know, plump for in terms of your costume? And by the way, if you don't know Scott, this is a costume where you would just walk past him in the street and not realise he's wearing a costume. It was more of a disguise, I suspect, than anything. But tell, tell our beautiful, aesthetically pleasing, shaven listeners what your hipster look comprised of. Well, I had the the wool cap, and I grew a circle boot, and I was wearing a plaid shirt with a button-down shirt underneath it, uh, skinny jeans that were rolled up uh, at the hem, and then uh, just uh, shoes and socks. So, gay lumberjack is what we're talking oh. about. Yeah. I told you this, that you arrived before me when we investigated the Sheldon Theatre a couple of weeks ago on our Halloween night. And uh, obviously I'm aware of your car. It's got Wisconsin plates and you have bought it in a fabulous shade of mushroom. And as I was walking past your car, I didn't recognize you because you had a beard and you dyed it and you had a cap on and you were wearing very odd clothes. I was about to call the police because I thought some strange man was rooting through the back of your car in the trunk. And it turned out to be you. It's quite remarkable. Well, I appreciate you looking out for me. Well, it's all about you, of course. But you hated the beard. You couldn't do it. No, I couldn't do it. Wow, there we go. That's unbelievable. I will tell you, none of you have got this right. He believed that their enemies could grab the beard in battle and it was uh, causing issues. So he oh. forced his army to shave because in the heat of battle, he believed that it could be grabbed hold of. And then when you've got your enemy where you want them and you're tugging them around by the beard, that probably isn't the way to go. So he asked them to shave purely because they thought the enemy could grab onto the beard. I won't be shaving this November in order to raise awareness of how lazy I am. Ah. There we go. Sean Conway was the first man to swim, cycle and run the entire length of Great Britain. To give you a clue, that's about the size of New Hampshire, but it is an <laughs> island. So swimming along the length of Great Britain probably isn't the best thing to do in the cold Irish Sea and North Sea and the English Channel. He said his beard stopped him from being attacked by what animal so he's the first person ever to run cycle and swim the entire length of great britain so obviously he went to the top came back again went back to the top and then had to get the bus home i feel you are saying his beard <laughs> and in your mind in your little walnut that's firing synaptic links as we speak yeah in what situation or scenario is his beard stopping him from being attacked by a seal 
looks like seaweed. It looks like seaweed, and seals are naturally repulsed by seaweed, are they? They don't like it. They don't like seaweed. <laughs> I'd like to say you leave this show with more than you arrive with, but I can't help thinking she's made all that up. You are going to go with the fact that he wasn't attacked by a seal because he had a beard that resembles seaweed, the natural enemy of the sea mammal. <laughs> Didn't see any sea lions either, or, or manatees while we were there. Repulsed them all. No sea mammals came anywhere near no. Mr. Conway due to his lovely bushy beard. Yep. Perfect. Michelle, would you like to... I'm due back on Earth at plenty any minute now, so if you'd like to engage with me on a reasonable answer that doesn't involve sea mammals, what did he repulse him from being attacked? Jellyfish. You are going to get a jellyfish? <laughs> yeah. So in your mind, how's that stopping him being attacked by a jellyfish? They can't stick the kick. Get on it. They can't get on it. <laughs> Surely then some sort of tentacle beast is uh, then required. They think it's a bigger jellyfish. They think it's a bigger... It's like a force jelly. Yeah. It's smoking weed or something. Where was I? Yes. <laughs> Just to take the edge off the show. We See? thought you'd be funny. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Wow. And Miss Morris weed. is on minus 10. Wow. Give me a couple of lines just to get me through the show, won't you? Well, I don't know whether this is sexist or racist. It could be both. Who knew? Scott, why do you think and how do you think he got stopped from being attacked by what animal on his tripedial trip around Britain? Birds. Seagulls. Seagulls. <laughs> Dare I ask how seagulls are stopped from attacking a young man by benefit of a beard? Well, it feels like he's maybe uh, swimming on his back. There you go. <laughs> All things true. Yes. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Michelle's 100% correct. It was jellyfish. He said it stopped Ooh. his face from being stung. And there is a myriad of jellyfish that find themselves floating in the tide around the coastline of Britain. It's one of the things you have to be careful of if you go swimming across the English Channel is the old jellyfish stinging. It stopped his face from being stung. I bet jellyfish are sad. They're no peanut butter fish. I believe that. That's uh, what keeps me awake late at night. Finally, and points will be given out. The world's longest beard. I just need to know how long that is in feet. I'll give you a clue. It was a Norwegian gentleman. His name was Hans Langseth. And this took place in 1927. So Norwegian gentleman, Mr. Langseth, 1927, in feet. And you might want to add a few inches to that as well. How long was the longest beard ever recorded? Miss Morris. It's either 15 or 23. Sure, you make life difficult for me. If you had to pick one, if you had to put your chips just on one number, which number are you going for? Which one is it going to be, Miss Morris? 23. You are going with 23. David Beckham's number when he played soccer for yeah. Real Madrid. Very lucky number 23 in Asian culture. Probably won't be for me, but go on. Well, the luckiest number in Asian culture is three, because it's the smallest shape outside of a circle that has three corners and three sizes, your triangle. So 23 is two lots of lucky number. In actuality, the luckiest, luckiest number you can ever have in Asian culture is 666, because it's two lots of luck with two lots of luck and two more lots of luck. So triple... Two lots of luck, Miss Morris. You look like you're thinking hard there. Wasn't 23 Michael Jordan's number two? Yeah. I thought so. Well, there you go. There's a lot of people attracted to the number 23. Miss Corrie, in feet and inches, the longest beard ever recorded, 1927. 12 feet. 
you are going to go 12 feet. Eight s- inches. 12 feet. You are making this difficult for my maths, aren't you? Wow. Scott, help me out of my misery. The longest beard ever recorded. Imagine the pain. You couldn't put up with your beard for three weeks. It only grew. I mean, you put your head out of the window on the way home and it blew away pretty much. You didn't. You, what didn't you dye it? What did you dye it with? Uh, just hair dye. Just beard dye. Just for men. Just for men. Here, beard dye. Oh, you look like Bluto from Popeye. It was uh, very funny. Uh, We're not going there. I'll Bluto. What? What's wrong with Bluto from Popeye? I will tell you because I bet you ten bucks Scott did it right and you never did. <gasps> yes, I did dye my beard when I dressed as Jack Sparrow for the Ren Fest. Because Scott, like myself, we have a few grey hairs. Sticking in our beard now. I never had grey hair until I met American women. Let me throw that straight out there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yes, I left it on too long and it dyed my face black and I shaved it all off. And it looked like I'd been sucking on an exhaust pipe. That's exactly what it looked like. You didn't leave it on too long. (laughs) Go on. No, in fact, I remember you telling the story of you wanted to make sure it got fully covered. So you massaged it into your skin and everything. You've got a memory like a bloody elephant. Talk about a Scorpio. I... Scorpios have memories like elephants. And it looked like a chocolate bar had got permanently it had, it had got away face. from me somewhat, yes. <laughs> I, had to, I had to use exfoliating, gritty kind of sand-based lotion to try sand and remove... Sandpaper. We used yes, sandpaper. Yes, we used sandpaper. Let's cut to the chase. We used a circular sander around my lips. What could possibly go wrong? God, I had chap lips that winter. <laughs> yes, the lesson there is not to rub the dye into your skin and no. keep it on the hairs. This is where we are. Have you given me an answer yet, Scott? I don't even remember the question. Longest beard. <laughs> well, this is the sign he's getting old. Longest beard ever, Norwegian, 1927, feet and inches. Uh, 15. 15 feet and how many inches? Four. Four inches. That four inches makes all the difference because you have won the points. It was 17 feet and six inches. Scott's up to a really impressive eight, actually. Wow. Actually, bring some common sense onto the show all the way from Virginia. (laughs) Miss Morris, you're looking at me as if you're about to throw more candy at my eyeball from across the room. Yeah, why didn't you tell me one of my answers was right? I asked you to plump for which one you wanted. You went with 23. You could have gone left. You could have gone right. You went wrong. So much for your spirit guides giving you the information you needed. Wow. And as we know from living in Minnesota, of course, an extrovert Norwegian is a man who stares at someone else's shoes. Yes. That was then. But this is now as we enter our favorite part of the show. It's the mailbag. Yay, mailbag. We love the mailbag. We love receiving your comments of support. We love receiving your messages. I will read them out on the show and we've been doing this now for six years would you believe creeping into our seventh year if you wish to write to me most people do that on facebook so if you have any comments if there's things that made you laugh why not get onto facebook right now more questions than answers with adrian lee and i will read your comments out new listener jen hi jen has the same name of my mother, but isn't my mother. But new listener, Jen, posted, Daughter had me listen despite my terrible internet skills. So if you've got poor internet skills, employ the youth of today. Yes, sure. Would be uh, my advice. She then follows it up with fantastic show. Bravo. Isn't Yay, that fabulous? Thank we love you. listening 
and hearing from our new listeners. That makes us very, very happy. Jen is listening with her daughter at 10 p.m. Central Time every Friday night. We have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. Each week I say we need to read out the top 10 countries, and I always forget. So, Miss Morris, write yourself a post-it note. Stick it in your little booth over there. We'll read out the top 10 countries for this week on next week's show. Peter, our good friend of course, Hi, Peter. and supporter in New York, has posted great iPhone joke, Adrian. My sentiments exactly. If you wish to know what my fabulous and remarkably good iPhone joke is, you can go to Patreon and listen to last week's episode. Miss Morris, would you like to tell our fabulous boys and girls listening, our Quinians, our MQTs, what they will no, get? No, I don't like those names. You don't? Well, until you come up I with do. an alternative, this is what we're stuck with. I like the Quinians. Ew. I like MQTs. So Ew. Michelle and myself <laughs> are split down the middle, but we do like those. We'll come up with an alternative then. Rugrats. Uh, Rugrats has already <laughs> been taken. <laughs> the point remains, Miss Morris, that until you come up with a decent collective noun for the boys and girls and the crazy kids listening at home, we're stuck with MQTs or Quinians. Shh, don't say it. Okay. Well, you need to tell everyone yeah. how they can access my fabulous iPhone joke from last week and what they get for a single dollar if they go to Patreon. If you go to Patreon, you're going to get early access to all of the episodes when they're put up. You'll also get videos, and only you will get the videos. Let's wave to the camera. We're actually filming Voila. ourselves. Last week, if you go onto Patreon, you will see the moment Miss Morris pitches fastball, screwball at my eyeball with candy. Very soon they will be able to see that, yeah, because we have been very busy as oh. of the last well, month and a half. Well, it's been Halloween, of course, so. and it's the witching year. So, yes, there's been full moons, retrogrades, expos, mm. events, book signings. I had a book out. I did so 2,000 miles alone in October. But everything will be there for you very, very yeah. shortly. And patience is a virtue, of course. Sure, yeah. So they get episodes that have never been aired. Absolutely. They get the latest episodes straight after or a few days after we do our show on a Friday. Yeah. They get to see the video. And to be honest, we're a, we're a, we're a good-looking group of people. I mean, we're a very attractive bunch of individuals here. And Scott's on the phone. Doing something That's what with we're cheese curds. So, mm. if you wish to see us, it's a single dollar. What do you get for a dollar? Nothing. You can't even buy a Mars bar for a no. dollar these days, can you? No. It's I don't outrageous. even think Mars bars exist anymore. I what love a, Mars bars. Of course they do. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. That's all in joy. Either way. Oh, mounds. <laughs> well, if any of those companies are listening to us, a big box of those would be welcome at our studio at any given moment. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. God. And we'll see if a box of Mars bars turns up. And while we're on the subject, Great. I really like Maserati sports cars. Ooh, nice. Perfect. Dina has posted great show tonight. You all make Friday nights so entertaining. Definitely cannot wait to see the video for this one. Oh. And you can listen to the show. This show's free. It will always be free. So if you can be a little bit patient, go onto our archives as soon as this show's finished. There are six years worth of shows back to back for free on SoundCloud.com yeah. if you search for MQTA Radio. So if you've got a long chi a trip to Virginia, if you're looking to shave off your beard, if you're plowing snow out of your front yard because you live in Minnesota, if you're swimming the length of Britain at this very moment, trying to avoid jellyfish via your long 
and lustrous beard. You can do that and listen to the show back to back. It's all there. SoundCloud, MQTA Radio. If you're listening now on SoundCloud, why not press the little orange love heart? Show us how much you appreciate what we do. And we have an extra 20 to 25 minutes. If you go to any of our platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Gasbox, Brussels Sprouts, Froggy When I Called In. If you go to any of our platforms, you get an extra 20 to 25 minutes as an incentive to go there, Miss Morris. Explain to our listeners what they get if they find our episodes in our archives. If you go into our archives on SoundCloud, you will be able to access the Not For Your Mother section, which is not played on Dark Matter. Because we're not allowed to. No, because we're banned. naughty. We're that is naughty. very true. Do you remember the first time we read out no, the I, stories? There is no we. Yeah, I got, I got my ass slapped, in I, by the station producer. Because you were naughty. Well, Shame. I didn't know. Shame. We were reading yeah. out stories of a more adult nature. We now have to save those in a round called Not For Your Mother. We stay in the studio at the top of yep. the hour. We do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of filth, and you can only access that filth. if you go to our archives. So SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, Stitcher, more questions and answers, or MQTA Radio for the round we call Not For Your Mama. Not For Your Mama. <laughs> no. Lisa added, thank you for all the laughs you give us each Friday night. I love the show. Lisa and John, of course. Uh, Patreon supporters and regularly send us candy and fabulous and yes, wondrous and fun things. things. Laurel added, "Woohoo! My new word is bunk. Yay! Yes. That'll be the word bunk. I will say it for you. Thanks to y'all. Bunk. Much more acceptable <laughs> than my usual word that I use. <laughs> Fair enough. Looking forward to tonight's show again. If you wish to send us any of your comments, I will read." them out you can join my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips over a hundred thousand followers on there many of our lectures and many of the funniest parts of our show are on youtube so if you go to more questions than answers search for adrian lee anything on youtube there very funny there's moments of hilarity moments where we're laughing so hard in the studio we are actually sick would you believe so youtube is a vehicle for you as well and my books are available if you're into hauntings if you're looking for a stocking stuffer you can go to amazon or any good ebook or even into your local barnes and noble i've written the books mysterious minnesota then there was mysterious midwest full of ghosts urban legends hauntings history how to be a christian psychic that's my most popular book and sells the most copies all over the world and my latest book it's only been out a few weeks the ink is still wet you can smell the ink if you prize the book open and you like sniffing books ghosts and ufos Connecting Paranormal Phenomena Through Quantum Physics. First time ever a book has been written that has ghosts and UFOs in the same title. That is The Money Shot. And so far I have five out of five for every single review on Amazon. For that book, would you like to tell our listeners, Miss Morris, what we do now every Tuesday at 8pm Central (laughs) Time on Facebook? We get bored. Yes, we do. And play on the computer, and we watch Oak Island. The devil makes work for idle hands, does he not? Yes. He does, and we have Gift Wars, which is the best best. part of Tuesdays during the winter. So, the curse of Oak Island. Nothing happened. The History Channel. (laughs) Spoiler alert. We're in the seventh or eighth series now. I've lost track of the will to live. Still nothing happened. The show is appallingly bad. Yes. It's amazing how much they squeeze out of a couple of the metal detector finds of a button and a rusty nail. They've Found been a Jordash button. For years. But I think we admitted on last week's show, we don't even watch the show anymore. It's just in the background. Yes. As yeah. we're sat there making funny comments 
And there was over 600 comments on awesome. Facebook last Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time, as we are watching The Curse of Oak Island. There's a drinking game attached to this. Lots yep. of people have fun with it. Might have been a Levi button. There you go. <laughs> I'll tell you what I have a problem with, and I have a problem with something every week. Yeah. Last week, they do a geophysical survey of the swamp, and they see something that looks like the outline of the hull of an old ship, like a galleon. And they're saying, I suspect this was a causeway. What they've done is they've got an old ship, a sailing ship, a three-mast sailing ship. They've then sunk it, blocked it in, made it into a swamp. And they've done a reenactment. And they've done all the graphics of a ship sinking. Someone spent hours on a computer program designing a program to see a ship sinking. And this was how things were. And we watched all of this. And then lo and behold, and this happens every single week, they then discover last Tuesday that it's just clay deposits that gave an anomaly. But they've forgotten the fact that they did all the graphics, the reenactment, and we saw the ship sinking last week. It was bunk. It was clay deposits. This happens every single week. They then get an expert in that bunks the previous show when they have actors doing reenactments and all the graphics. If they had an expert there in the first place, then we'd be saving ourselves a lot of time and money, would we not? Is there anything you took away from last week's show that you'd like to add to this summation of what took place on the Curse of Oak Island? Charge your battery. Charge your battery. Before you start <laughs> commenting. We did break Facebook several times, did we yeah. not? Facebook was broken. But if you think you can join us on a Tuesday at 8 p.m. And by the way, I stayed on board to watch yep. the show afterwards. There was a couple of rednecks getting bitten by tarantulas <sighs> and wasps. So I'm thinking I'm going to stay with this for a couple of hours now. And there was a band of merry men that stayed with me. And we commented on that as well. So it was a double header. All the fun of the fair. Uh-huh. Good times. Wow. We are moving into the round that is Ghost and Hauntings. And remember, we don't do orbs. Proud couple are married by a shirtless wizard and wedding shamers have had a field day. A couple are getting roasted online for getting a shirtless wizard to marry them at their wedding ceremony. How do you know he's a wizard? Why do you not have shirt? Because he claimed he was a wizard and he was topless. <laughs> so they have answered both. Is he a sexy wizard? No. He looks like a uh, beer gut kind of sweaty moobs with old merlin old old merlin that sounds like a drink that should be available various people can be ordained to be legally marrying people of course and it seems one bride and groom went with a magical being out of all the options available now that was the only one they had left in the shops the only old wizard merlin. yes old merlin's the only option left everyone's else busy on saturday except old merlin <laughs> Stripped to the waist. They picked him up out of an alleyway, didn't they? What? They shared a photo of themselves with their magical moment, exchanging vows online, revealing they'd finally tied the knot. Acknowledging wow. their bizarre choice, they captioned the snap, we did the damn thing, and yes, we were married by a shirtless wizard. <sighs> Everybody's happy. You can't hey. compete with that, can you? It's Not outrageous. Really. Wow. If anyone wants to be married by a shirtless wizard, go to Facebook right now. Search for <laughs> more questions and answers. Adrian's available on I am available, yeah. I didn't say it. <laughs> Bar mitzvahs, <laughs> christenings. I can do it all. I'm a, a jack of all trades. I spread myself liberally in all directions. I will be your shirtless wizard. <laughs> I am an ordained minister. I can marry and bury you. Yes. And what a party shirtless. Shirtless yeah. is optional. Pantsless. And yes. extra. Wow. 
It's getting to the point in my life where women say to me, I wish I could run my hands through your hair and I've got to take my shirt off. Oh. True enough. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Oh, I have something. A man who is in jail for murder maintains that he should be released because he died and was resuscitated. That's actually a really good idea, isn't it? <laughs> what? I died. I legally dead. I died for nine minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm now getting out of paying Bad. taxes. Salute. I decided I'm going to be dead for a year just for tax purposes. What exactly does it mean when you are made to serve a life sentence? Does life really mean life? It's a question that was recently at the center of a court case involving Benjamin Schreiber, a 66-year-old man who was jailed for life back in 1996 after he bludgeoned John Dale Terry to death. Ooh. In 2015, however, Schreiber suffered severe septic poisoning due to complications from kidney stones. He was rushed to the hospital where his heart stopped, and then he had to be resuscitated. Yikes. After recovering from his ordeal, Schreiber began to contend that because he had officially died, he had actually served his life sentence and was now being held illegally at the prison. <laughs> That's a perfectly reasonable oh, defense I there, died. isn't it? That was my first life. It's a life sentence. You're, you're, Didn't you're, say which been, life. You're clinically being dead. That's a really good plot to a film, isn't it? Well, it's actually very, very true. His case was brought before a district court judge who stated that he found the, his this argument unpersuasive and without merit. See, I think that's very persuasive, and I think it has a lot of merit. Yeah. <laughs> you ever considered being dead, Scott, for legal reasons or for getting out of a prison sentence? Or a marriage? Yeah. Oh, never thought of that. Yeah, there you go. He feigned his own death for two years to get out of his second marriage. Yeah. She didn't notice for the first six months. Right. Well, more recently, the case was brought before the Court of Appeals, again without success. Love it. They actually said Schreiber is either alive, in which case he must remain in prison, or he is dead, in which case, case. this appeal is moved. In which case we're burying him in the prison grounds yeah. is what's taking That's place. That's right. But I thought that was very interesting. He officially died, had to serve life. Now he's like, oh, I died. That life's over. Starting over. Reset I think button. you've got legal grounds to have a go at that. That's outrageous. Wow. I have lived with ghosts all of my life. I have to growing up in a haunted house. That's the statement they make very hedonistically. Yeah. On the front of the newspaper. Come on, time for bed, said my mother. It's getting late. I sighed. I knew I was too old to be afraid of the dark. But I hated climbing the stairs of my childhood home in Harrogate, North Yorkshire, because I often felt the presence of a ghost. It was just there watching. It made my whole body tingle with fear. But I didn't just sense it. I could see it, too. I remember being seven years old and walking out of my bedroom into the hall. A dark cloud breezed past the doorway and down the stairs before vanishing. Hello, I shouted down the dark stairwell. My voice echoed, echoed, echoed into the empty space. I was alone on the top floor landing. However, I wasn't alone in the Edwardian terraced house. I didn't mention it to my parents or my three older sisters. In fact, we never, ever talked about the spooky goings-on. My parents were more concerned about making their B&B a success and a ghost wasn't good for business. Having said that, how many hotels and B&Bs have we investigated over the years and the sole reason they exist is because people come from all over the world to investigate the ghosts and hauntings? Many. Having said that, there's many hotels that have turned their back on ghosts and hauntings, like the St. James Hotel in Red Wing, that think it's bad 
for business. So uh-huh. it goes, and juju. It goes both ways, doesn't it? However, our resident ghoul certainly scared a few of our guests. One man came down to breakfast, ashen-faced. He'd spent the night with Michelle Corey. Yes, it happened. I woke up in the middle of the night and felt someone sitting on the bed. He stuttered. When I turned on the light, there was an indent in the covers. Do you have a ghost? Mum and Dad tried to laugh it off. I remember laying in the bed... One night on the top floor, when I felt a ghost a few feet away, I pulled the covers over my head and whispered the Lord's Prayer. How further? Six miles or seven. Hello, what's your name? I sensed the presence leave. I thought that was funny. Just me. Okay. But then I heard an almighty crash in the bathroom across the hall. I was too scared to investigate, but in the morning I found my father's heavy glass ashtray on the floor unbroken. Had the ghost thrown the ashtray? I don't know. But my young mind thought it had ghostly B&B or I don't believe a word or anything they see. Go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. And you can see the story and the photographs for yourself. Scott, you mentioned you investigated a house that was having a few ghostly problems just a couple of days ago. What did you find? What did you uh, get to see there? Did you come across anything of a spiritual or ghostly nature? Uh, yeah, I saw about a six foot five uh, person standing next to me. Scared the hell out of me. Oh, you're um, always very jumpy, aren't yeah. you? You get scared very easily, don't you? Well, yeah, I do. When when things appear next to me, yeah. So what yeah, was it? Who was it? That. Did you run a ghost uh, box? Yes, we did. I did run a ghost box, and uh, I believe it's the brother of the lady that owned the house. He passed. He was a good. Nice. And and uh, he was six foot four, six foot five, and, uh-huh. and this figure was was really tall. Wow! You must find that a lot of people are tall, mustn't you? I'm guessing. <laughs> wow! Everyone's taught me. Uh... That's a cheap <laughs> shot. The best things come in small packages, of course. So, did you have a yeah. chat with him? Did you did you get him? Miss Morris is lining up some candy. It's going to get thrown across the room as we live and breathe. <laughs> I did was you... going to do it for you, Scott. Did you reason with Thanks, him? Did you others. say Did you say to him you can't be hanging around here? You're scaring the family. No, no. Once they realized who it was, they weren't as uh, they weren't as adverse to having him around. His, his ashes, they have his ashes there, and they think he they want him to uh, to spread the ashes somewhere else. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Perhaps you need to come on the show next week. We'll talk about the Sheldon Theatre investigation, and perhaps you can talk or play some of your evidence from that as well, if that sounds like a good plan. I will try to get permission for that. Excellent. Michelle, <laughs> what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Two paranormal investigators ventured into an abandoned schoolhouse and came away with shots they believe show ghost children in action. Creepy. Or bunk. <laughs> if you are playing the Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game, you can take your first shot of the evening wherever you are in the well. Prosolute cheers. Skull. The two ghost hunters, Graham and Tara, ventured inside the rotting education offices and art college in Grimsby and came away with two supernatural shots. The first, taken by Graham, is said to show three or four children hiding behind a wall while another, while another child walks towards them. This photo, the photograph of the three or four children, was my first paranormal picture, Graham said. It was only taken on a Samsung tablet on night camera mode. It was taken in the old art college on Eleanor Street. He said it all started off as a laugh 
and he didn't notice anything out of the ordinary until looking back at his photographs the next morning. He added, we took pictures with the lights on and the lights off. We were just messing around, and I was taking a load of pictures. I woke up the next morning and had a hard look at everything we had taken. I was really taken aback by what I saw. I have been into the paranormal since being a child. I'm no longer scared of it. I thrive on it. When zoomed in, you can see facial features of the first boy. He's sitting down besides three or four others, cross-legged, with his right arm on his right knee. You can see more on the boy standing up. His facial features are much clearer. These were taken somewhere near the old swimming pool. The second photograph taken by Tara is said to show a figure in full spectrum. Again, near the swimming pool. Creepy. Poor bunk. <laughs> There's always a swimming pool. <laughs> You're bunking two stories back to back. Miss Morris, they were talking about that B&B in my story. And they said an old man was sitting on the end of the bed. Didn't you recently have an incident where a ghost started massaging your feet? Yes. Why can't mm. I have ghosts giving me massages? Why does this not work out for me? Because you're not nice. So what happened? So I was um, sleeping or just getting ready to... Well, actually, that's a lie. I was Napping. You're having 40 no, weeks. No, I was watching Family Guy in bed. <laughs> and so my puppy was sleeping by me. And uh, I was giving him belly scratches, and then all of a sudden, the bottom of my foot, I could feel something like rubbing it. Like, you know when you get a foot massage and they're the, like rubbing the knot out of your the arch? The bony yeah. finger of death. Yeah, and it was just rubbing it. And I, I thought, said it's brave if it's going near your feet. Jesus. You take your shoes off to come in the studio. Oh. It's like <laughs> gotcha. I thought I'm carrying these now. It's like the first breath of warm air that comes out of the uh-huh. crypt when Friar Lawrence prizes the tomb open in really? Romeo and Juliet. It's Keep true. Going. So what? No, this isn't candy for throwing. We <laughs> having my ever eye out. So you got Vietnam. This isn't Nam. There's rules. <laughs> so you were getting a bony fingered ghostly massage. Yeah, like the bottom. They were rubbing the bottom of my feet. So like, what did you do? Just settle in. Yeah. Oh, great. Wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't <laughs> happen going. to me. To the right a little bit. Oh, I didn't I end up getting the shocker. That's why you get your feet <gasps> rubbed. I get the it, cold finger of death. It was very interesting. But yeah. I was just like, oh, you're not causing any trouble. Keep going. I don't care. Wow. Can't believe paranormal investigator pampered with foot massage. Yeah, I'm going for the back next time. Are you really? Ooh. Yeah. Wow. It's all happening for you, isn't it? We now enter the round that we call Not For Your Mother, which means you have found us on one of our platforms. So thank you for making the effort to come and find us. I would love, as would all the team, if you could cut and paste the link, tell the whole wide world on your social media that you've discovered the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world. And you can mention how funny we are. I mean, we've been told that. We got nominated for a comedy award last year. Yes, we did. I called my parents and said, Mum and Dad, I've been nominated for a comedy award. And they said, but you're not funny. So there we go. That's true. This is what comes with having British parents. (laughs) But if you've got small children in the room, if your mother is of a nervous disposition, you need to remove them. Because these are the stories from around the world this week that contain content that we cannot read out on air for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine or having my bottom slapped by the station manager of Dark Matter Digital Network, and we don't want that. What an evening that was. So here we are. We can do anything we want on our platforms, can't we? Yeah. We can let the filth roll. Yeah. We can let the innuendo fly. Innuendos. And it's a very stubborn stain. 
Swiss brothel swaps. What's that, sir? You're talking about brothels. Can you say the F word? Um, you can. You can, but I, I'm an English gentleman, and uh, there's very few occasions. When I tread on a Lego brick, the F word flies. I mean, I often think God's trod on a Lego brick when I see some of the weather in Minnesota across winter. <laughs> that always stra- Nothing more painful than treading on a Lego brick, is there? Have you noticed that? A that needle. An, well, I don't know if you're realising this, but in Britain we have a different plug socket to you. Yes. So in this country you have like a twin plug or you have the earth, but it doesn't sit with the prongs upwards, right? It can't do that. In Britain we have a triangular plug and it can actually sit on the floor with the prongs facing upwards. Yeah. And that is the devil's own kazoo when you tread on that, I tell you. <laughs> It is. The, the effing and jeffing that comes Ooh. from the very gates of Hades and makes Cerberus cower in the corner is quite remarkable. They play that with the angel's banjo. Yes, the yes. devil's kazoo. The devil's kazoo does fit nicely with the old the old angel's banjo. Is that a lady's business? Well, I don't know all the details of this yet because you've literally just made it up, haven't you? But during the course of this evening, I'm sure we could come up with a plan of what those two anatomy items are on a man and a woman happy with that no okay i've split the audience right down a bit (laughs) swiss brothel swaps women for sex robots after demand soars for 70 pound roms that's about 120 dollars is that worth it is 120 dollars worth it for a rob with a sex robot depends depends a swiss brothel has decided to swap female staff for the sex robots, after demand soared amongst cash-strapped clients in search of a cheap thrill. <laughs> cash-strapped, Switzerland's probably the richest yeah, country exactly. anywhere in the world. We were hold some money. Nice. I like your Swiss impression. Yeah. Very impressive. The brothel in Crienz, a city in the district of Lucerne in Switzerland, has replaced most of its prostitutes with the dolls, and the move is proving very popular. Have you noticed that even Swiss cheese has got holes in it? Yeah. Perfect. The brothel has over 12 sex dolls to choose from. And only a couple of prostitutes left working there. Technology taking our jobs away. Let's go through the 12 sex robots they've got. I'm going to go Asian, white, black. Oh, I was going to sleepy. Sleepy, dark, gluttony. Bashful. Gluttony. uh, Like a Marilyn Monroe one. Marilyn Monroe's a midget. Midget sex doll. Oh, yeah. Yeah, amputee. Great. The whole whole collection you get there. Twelve you get. Good. Perfect. Good. <laughs> Isn't it great? January. Couldn't even be a baker's dozen, huh? Couldn't even. Well, they had 13, but that one broke, unfortunately. Yeah. They use her for parts. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. They had to throw her away when they discovered her nose was running. Uh, <laughs> you always go too far, don't you? That's terrible. What's the, this you? The brothel offers the doll services at just 90 Swiss francs. That's going to be $120. A session, whereas the services of a real prostitute start at 200 Swiss francs, which is about $180, $190 per session. So more than double the price. You are getting Do they warm the skin up? Two for the price. Sure. They keep Do it in like a microwave or something? I think that you can put them into a warm bath so then it's warm when you or uh, under like an electric blanket practice the physical arts I, i'm thinking that you know practicing the physical arts with a sex doll is like 
being with a dead body, isn't it? There's no soul. That's the I point. I don't even know how you're making that comparison right now. Well, the, the dead don't <laughs> complain, out. do they? Do you see what I'm saying? The dead you're don't. Welcome, the dead never say not tonight. The dead never say I've got a headache. The dead never say, you know, you've Thought got a small, you've got a late. small twig. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You know, they just lie they there. They never say, are you in yet? That's <gasps> the sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Can't feel nothing. There you go. Well, so well. I, I'm just thinking, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't help thinking that Scott, there's many a slip twixt cup and lip is what I'm saying right there. I think Scott speaks from, from personal experience there. So ultimately, it's got no soul, has it? It's no. soulless. At there are some people like that. That point. It also offers to bring the chosen sex robot to the person's home if required. See, I think that's a big draw. It's dragging her up the garden like, like a mannequin. like an Uber? Yeah, Uber, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sex doll for Mr. Smith. <laughs> it's, yeah. You can see it coming to your door on the app. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> We're three minutes away. Yeah. Well, I better get rubbery then. I've only yeah. got it for an hour. God, can you imagine? Like you, it's your lunch break in the office. <laughs> Isn't that Mr. Smith going into the smoking room with a sex doll? This is atrocious. They get up to all sorts in Switzerland, don't yeah. they? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Prostitution is legal in Switzerland and licensed brothels are available in the country. The brothel said the sex doll is the sex doll you've always dreamed of. Mm. I don't ever recall dreaming of a sex doll. Do you think it has hours on it like a lawnmower? Well, there's an alarm that hits you. Somewhere like, it does. Somewhere. It's got like it's been, a recording. Motor's been used for like done twenty thousand miles. Yeah, three thousand hours yeah, or something. Yeah, but the points have been changed and we swapped the oil out. It's got to have a charge for a difference. We cleaned the plugs and the tappets are uh, working. Right. It says she's always up for it. Never has a headache. <sighs> no moons. No bad moods. She's always sexy. Willing and ready for you. Mm. And she'll do anything you want in your lunch hour at the do office. Do they get teeth marks in them? Um, I'm guessing some people may get carried away and that may be possible. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure that happens. Might have a little nibble on the ear there. Remember that one guy shagged a leg off of one? Yes, a leg did fall off. That's some heavy duty shagging right there when you've got yeah. a leg in your hand. If do you just plug it back in? I like the idea that you walk out with a leg under your arm and say you might want to look at the one in number six. <laughs> I just... <laughs> <laughs> the brothel claims all dolls are washed and disinfected after use, and there are cleaning products in each room. Dawn is where we're going with this. In each room of the brothel, should clients wish to give them another clean. Do you want to be that employee that has to give them a bath? Frick no. I'd want to be the first one of the day. Let me just put that out there. What, to give them a bath? No, yes, I'm lining to up to give it. sex dolls a bath. What do you do for a living? Uh... I'm bathing sex dolls. They, they never get paid complain. a lot, though. Lovely. They can't get paid that much if they're only charging like 80 or 90 francs. Can you imagine the Q-tips you're going through? Q-tips? Just in my mind, that's what's happening. bigger than that. Like yeah, a chimney like sweep Mr. brush. Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. Getting yeah. rid of orbs since 1967. Yes. According to Bridget Snuffstrup, that's no. a woman I want to meet, from the organization Verin Lisa, that looks after the interests of prostitutes in the region, it is a new phenomenon that a brothel has almost only sex dolls on offer and not many prostitutes. It's very insightful, isn't it? There you go. 
malleable sex doll or it has no soul you decide go to our facebook site unless it's been removed and someone's complained about it so you might want to get in there quick where you can see the photographs and everything for yourself in graphic detail the swiss are a very strange bunch indeed it's all cuckoo clocks and toblerone isn't it really yeah that reminds me of the doctor who episode of the mannequins the autons i believe they were you know do you know which one i'm yes those monsters are called the autons Yes, that was his first ever episode. Run for your life! Yeah. Christopher Eccleston, but John Pertwee, back in the late 60s, also had a run-in with the Autons. They were a monster they brought back Ooh. to reboot the new series back in the day. Speaking of Eccleston... I have had a chat with a gentleman, that yes, is true. He's a very nice, so nice. He's a very nice gentleman. Yeah. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? It was recently revealed that women can enjoy orgasms up to four seconds longer if they use a sex toy. For a, that's a whole quality. Uh, what if I use one? One thousand two. One thousand Mississippi one. <laughs> Miss Morris is doing some basic maths. <laughs> yeah. You can look no, at I'm wondering what happens if you use two. Then you get eight seconds. Yeah. Double, nice. double bubble. Like riding a bull. There you yeah. go. Eight seconds. <laughs> Eight seconds riding a bull. Yeah, then you win. You've yeah. been to some strange places, haven't you? Mm. Have you ever ridden a bull, Scott? Is that something that's come up in your life and on your travels? Not yet. The night is still young. Have you ever been in a yeah. bar where they have a bull? You see those on the TV, don't you, where there's some large lady who suddenly plops out of her top and her ass cheeks Ooh. are showing and everything's digitized as she's going and around she goes on the ass ball. over tea kettle. That's yeah. right. And then, and then loses all the feeding in her toes. Ever had that experience, Scott? Uh, there was a bar up in Superior that had a bull there for a while. Yeah, you never decided to grasp the horn by the balls, no? Uh, no, okay. I did not. Just thought I'd check. I'm sure if we went on YouTube, Ooh. we'd find a video for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> there wasn't enough booze to get me on a bull. <laughs> <laughs> But with the prices of the best sex gadgets racking up, it seems some ladies have turned to a rather worrying DIY method instead. A car battery and a ninja. No. You want to be careful you don't give yourself a ninjury. That's where we are. Oh, ninjury. Ninjury. Oh, ninjury. Over the last few days, stories have been circulating the internet about women using their... Electric toothbrushes to masturbate. Make sure you get the ones at the back. (laughs) And it seems as though they could have been inspired by a recent episode in the TV show Orange is a New Black, which sees one character get herself off with a toothbrush. You'd want it, what, your own or someone else's? I mean, mean, are you using that? I mean, is that oral hygiene taking place there? Wow. There's no teeth down there, but then look at the gums, you know what I'm saying? Just putting that out there. Yeah. However, experts are urging women not to pleasure themselves with the dental device and instead stick to conventional sex toys. Here's an idea. Don't go bristles up. Just thought I'd share that yeah, with you. Yeah, don't. okay. Don't go bristles up. You learn more on this show than you could possibly imagine. Consultant gynecologist Ann Henderson revealed that using an electric toothbrush in your lady business could cause severe damage. <laughs> The structure and shape of the toothbrush, regardless of which part is used, could potentially injure, lacerate, or cause trauma to the delicate vulva area, particularly the clitoris, especially if one of the more aggressive cleaning heads is used. An aggressive cleaning head. (laughs) 
I, I wouldn't I like use, that. I wouldn't use that on my gums. I'm no, just saying. Jeez. <laughs> wow. There's also the issue of hygiene and how to adequate adequately clean the toothbrush. The whole issue is fraught with potential complications and should be avoided at all costs. But what if you use one of the heads for that specific thing and you just switch out the heads? I think they're saying any kind of electric abrasive rubbing action over a period of time would be problematic in terms of trauma to your lady business. That's what I'm thinking. There's enough toys on the market that surely you don't need to stretch to an electric toothbrush, you know? Just thinking about that. You think that's... No? There's too much going in in your head at the moment, and as a psychic, it worries me somewhat. Maybe you could (laughs) give us a report. Yeah, come back next week, Miss Morris, and tell us what you think. That's my advice. You're going to get an extra four seconds of happiness if you use a toothbrush, is what we're saying here. No, it said any toy. Any toy. It didn't say my toothbrush. It then went on to toothbrushes. Or someone else's toothbrush. Yeah, I'll use someone else's. Lovely. Have you got anything else to add to that? Are you done, Miss? I'm done. Wow, fantastic. What a great story. Fun. You're welcome. Informative and something for the family. Wow. A woman awoke to find a rude imprint on her skin after she fell asleep on a syringe. Like you do? Of course you do. What was I thinking? Fortunately, Sam Ross had enough of a sense of humour to make the most of the startling outline that met her sleepy eyes when she came awake from a nap. The Hampshire mother of two snapped a photo of the lewd indent, as well as a picture of the toy syringe, which she blamed for the incident. Toy syringe. A likely story. She's bunk. been playing doctors and nurses, hasn't she? This is what's taken With place. With the kids. With the kids. And a toy syringe. Do you ever remember having a toy syringe? Yes. You do? You remember I called that? it a shotter. Nice. <laughs> a shouter. Did you have a toy syringe? Yeah, I stuck my sister with it. Lovely. I think it had a real needle. Wow, it's oh. lucky that your sister's turned out <laughs> You relatively... put one in it. Yeah, I went and put I, one in I it. I made one like a shiv. Yeah. Shank. <laughs> She's made a shank. I've just shanked my sister. We're playing doctors and nurses. I'm sure her eye will come. Prison hospital. Prison. Let's play prison hospital. <laughs> I'd like to, I think I've seen a film that's like that. I have to say, I'm sure Scott's seen a film called Prison Hospital. You died, but you're going back to jail. <laughs> wow. Oh no, Mr. Shank is coming. <laughs> Lovely. Posting the photo on Facebook, Sam wrote, If any of you have ever fancied a temporary imprint of a cock on your thigh, I have the perfect solution. How many times have you woken up and thought, I want the perfect outline of a twig and berries on my thigh? You Said could, no one ever. You could get a tattoo of that. I've had Keep that. It. Do you know when you've had an imprint? <laughs> wow. Can't go back to that restaurant. No. More than 4,000 people have commented on the hilarious post. One enthusiastic person wrote, This is brilliant. You win at mum life. Another person looked on the bright side, noting brilliant. At least it wasn't on your head. That would be terrible. Mm, Giant mushroom. would be a mushroom. That would indeed. Look, cocking print on my head, or I don't believe a word she said. You can go to our Facebook site. You can search for more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, if you wish, by any chance, that your life would be complete and thoroughly fulfilled by seeing a woman with an imprint of a cock on her inner thigh. Who wouldn't want to see that? You've seen everything at that point. There's nothing left to see in life, and you can float off into the distance on an iceberg. 
fully knowing that you've experienced everything in life. Miss Morris, week. you have our final story in the oh. round that we call Not For Your Mother. And that's going to be a good one because you've got a cheeky glint in your eye. A South African gin known as Nluvo is made by combining regular ingredients with elephant dung. Lovely. It's got Yummy. a bit of a kick to it. When you said gin, I thought you meant like a demon. It's... Oh, no. This is gin and tonic, isn't it? It's shit gin. It's shit gin. It's a yeah. shin. Elephant shit gin. Let me give you a nice glass of shin, Michelle. <laughs> no. It's got a straw in it. Mm. And it has chunks like peanuts and stuff. It's a little tart. Circus elephants. Circus elephants. See, this is different from your African I, elephant. I do not believe in. What, circus elephants? No, I don't. You don't believe in them? I've seen them. I know they're real. No, I don't think that should be. I got I got a terrible trauma when I was a kid from watching circus mm. elephants. I just thought I'd share that with you. I can't look a golf bag in the eye. I just thought I'd share that oh. as well. Yeah. Some people claim that they will try anything once, like Michelle, and this unorthodox try anything drink, twice. which is fully infused with the flavors of elephant feces, nice. will no doubt put such a boost to the ultimate test. Known as Inluvo, meaning elephant in Zulu, the new gin is the brainchild of Les and Paula Ansley who came across the idea after learning that elephants only digest a third of the fruits they eat. So, so it's a fruit cocktail. You're getting a gin and fruit lemon. Fruit smoothie. Fruit smoothie. Looks a little chocolatey. I'll have a strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> there you go. Lovely. Yes. Look at the head on yes. that. Just pull up the tail. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, there it's like go. a, what are those, a, not a gin press. I'll have a what ball, what's that, a bulldog, a gin press. So, I'll have, it's bizarre that you say this, but I believe amaretto was discovered because elephants eat amaretto fruit oh. and it digests and ferments in their stomach and they get drunk. So I think the drink amaretto was discovered I don't see by that. elephants getting drunk by eating fermenting mm. fruit. I'm sure that's true. Well... As a consequence, Moscow Mule. In the elephant dong, you get the oh, most amazing variety of these botanicals. It's amazing how much a South African sounds like he's from oh, Japan. Have you never so noticed? So, my <laughs> wife suggested, uh-huh. why don't we let the elephants do the hard work of collecting all these botanicals, and we will make a Gin to be fair, it. when an elephant drops its guts, I mean, it's in large amounts. It's like a mound of coconuts. So, I mean, you've got quite a large supply there, haven't you? Oh, yes. You know, you're not... You're not Pile of it's money. It's not like truffles, is it, where you just find a little one. You've got to take like a pig into the woods. truffles. I mean, you are coming down <laughs> in vast amounts of elephant feces. You've not got to go far. It's everywhere. I think they have killed handlers from what, the pooping poop? on them. Really? Lovely. Death by elephant poo. Yeah, butt truffles. Butt truffles. Yes. Isn't butt truffles a second baseman for the twins? The resulting drink, which is now uses dung that a couple collect themselves with their bare hands because they don't want it to be contaminated. No, you don't want your poop to be contaminated by dirty hands. What were they thinking? Now, just so you know, it reportedly has (sighs) a lovely wooded... Almost a little bit spicy. Isn't it full Earthy of ba- The point is flavor. it's full of bacteria. Your stomach breaks spicy. all this down through... It's a spicy. 
Spicy. You want a spicy gin? That's almost like a Bloody Mary. Spicy woody poopy gin. <laughs> poopy gin. <laughs> spicy woody poopy gin. Isn't Elephant it? poopy That's gin. a blues guitarist from, from Mississippi. That's the Delta Blues right there. <laughs> I woke up this morning. Stuck <laughs> 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 my hand in poo. <laughs> 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 Thought to myself, I don't know what to do, <laughs> but I'm borrowed. I got that mean old elephant poop blues. Gin. Lovely. <laughs> Around five bags full of elephant dung can produce up to 4,000 bottles, costing $32 each. Where there's not muck, much dung. there's brass. Dung, dung money. Dung, da dung, dung. The initial reaction of most people is... Why are you doing is... Japanese? I don't understand. It's beautiful. What? There's no <laughs> way you can make pudgin. You should be doing South African. Yaman. Yeah, South no. Africa. That's a disaster. African. <laughs> Bit of Jamaica thrown in there. Stick with... The, I tell you what. Stick with the Japanese. Else we'll get letters. We will be closed down. Yeah. You can't be doing that. It's like the island of Dr. Maru for accents. <laughs> but the most people are very keen Mr. Bond. to actually taste it. They love the dungeon. 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 If you misbehave, you're going down dun, in the dungeon. Dungeon. Dun, 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 dun. Poopy, woody, What's wrong with you, people? Spicy. Spicy. Then why not start doing other things? Then why don't we have a bear shit cocktail? I know. Well, why don't you go get some? Yeah. Wow. Rabbit poo brownies. No. We need exotic animals. An exotic animal like, like a, a like zebra like, wearing a bra. Like a, a zebra. Well, a zebra's got more than two nipples, so it's going to have to have more than one bra. A zebra doesn't have more than two nipples. Sure it does. <laughs> I'm sure it has about four. How many what? nipples? Where? What happened to my life where I'm on the radio discussing how many nipples a zebra has? What's gone wrong with my life? <laughs> Nothing. That's terrible. It's before a, next week. It's a big bra. <laughs> oh, we've looked this up before. I'm sure a zebra has four nipples. Uh, whatever. You're done for the, you're done for the evening. No. Oh, and no. Incredibly, the gin has proven a hit with tourists who frequently buy a bottle to take home and mm. share with their friends and family because they hate them. The product also sells quite well in duty-free shops as well as online. Duty. Do, he said, duty. Do it. Do it. Put him in the trunk. The chances of it turning up in a supermarket shelves worldwide, however, seem rather slim for now. Do it. Do it now. Do it. That's unbelievable. Elephant poop gin, or what were they thinking? Go to our Facebook site, more questions oh, and answers Jenny. with Adrian Lee. Spicy. Poppy. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. And by the way, can you believe another hour is just whizzed by? That no. is ridiculous. In last place tonight with the K2 meter and the dead battery is Miss Morris, who scored herself a minus eight for being a little bit cheeky and a little bit lippy. She's in fourth place. She gets to be married to Scott in Wisconsin by a shirtless wizard. Ooh. You can see why that's the fourth place prize, can't Great. you? Great. Yeah. In third place tonight <laughs> is Michelle. She scores four. She gets a death sentence, but can be brought back to have some more fun right being alive. So that's not the end yeah. of the world. In second place tonight is myself. I scored six. I get a false beard and two jellyfish for a night out on the town. 
in Harrogate in Yorkshire. But Scott, our runaway winner tonight, phoning in via modern technology, winning the $33,000 IR camera with a double integer score of 10 in first place, gets a weekend in a bed and breakfast with an ashen-faced old man standing on the bed and a foot massage. You can't ask for more than that, can you? Do not fear, listener. We are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange intriguing bizarre and weird remember you can jump over to soundcloud right now search for mqta radio and we do an extra 10 15 25 minutes in the studio of absolute filth in a round called not for your mother my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris jeton drainer michelle corrie scott kenner and all at the international paranormal society in paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and MUFON of minnesota we are the light before the darkness it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night